0: sought after for their success, and for consistently putting people first, treating employees and customers with respect, and helping others succeed, now these same CEOs, the mentors, want to help you achieve your highest level of profitability, success, and personal fulfillment in life, at work, and in business. Now, here's your mentor.
1: Hi, this is Tom Laurie. Thank you for joining me this weekend. Are you a giver or a taker? Today we have Eric Rhodes, a serial entrepreneur who shares his secret of building companies and today has one of the fastest growing companies in the United States. Eric, welcome to The Mentors. Well,
2: thank you for having me, Tom.
1: Maybe we could start off just a little bit with you giving us uh, a little bit of your background. Uh, I, I have it all in front of me, but why don't you share that with the audience, some okay. of the highlights?
2: Well, I started a business like uh, a lot of entrepreneurs uh, as a child doing the lemonade stand thing. Um, I remember talking my way out of high school classes so that I could uh, gain credits by running a business for my home. So I started a candle company uh, when I was a teenager. And then, you know, uh, I got into the radio business. Uh, radio business seduced me. I became a radio DJ at the age of 14. Um, Got a radio show in my hometown of Fort Wayne, Indiana. And then I got into the radio business essentially from there and um, had a a really nice, wonderful, fruitful career on the air in programming and then ended up in the consulting business and then from that ended up owning radio stations. Um, The uh, radio business continues for me. I've had a radio industry trade magazine called Radio Inc. now for, um, it's officially 25 years. It's actually 28 years because it had a different name before we changed the name. And so uh, started in radio and then kind of moved forward into some other things um, beyond that.
1: And I know that you've uh, been named uh, as having one of the five, Inc. 500-5000 fastest growing companies in the last three years.
2: Yeah, three years in a row, we've been on the list, so we're pretty, pretty feeling, pretty blessed about that.
1: So, how did you get started with Streamline Publishing, which is the company that is the fast-growing company? What, what was your motivation to go out and actually? You bought some radio stations, but then you kind of switch gears. What, what was the mo- motivation?
2: Well, there were a couple of things. Um, after I bought the radio stations, I, I started the company, and I had this. Uh, crazy idea that I didn't really want to work for anybody else because I just never liked the way that bosses treated me in the past. And so my goal was to uh, essentially have my own business and to be the antithesis of the corporate culture. I didn't want to be uh, treating people the way that uh, I had been treated. I didn't want to have that kind of a, a life. Um, I, I didn't think that as an employee it was very much fun and I certainly didn't want to put that onto my employees. And so my goal was to create a company. Streamline uh was essentially rooted in a couple of concepts. First off, the concept of streamline uh from the Art Deco period uh created by designers uh like Raymond Lowy and um and uh I, I want to say Richard Dreyfus, but I think it's Albert Dreyfus or something. And anyway, the the concept was they were doing designs that were not only sleek and beautiful, but they were efficient. And so the name Streamline came from that because I, I said I want to learn how to do things and do it more efficiently than my competitors. So for instance when I started Radio Inc. magazine uh, my biggest competitor had 100, 150 employees and I said I don't want to have a lot of employees. It's not that I don't like employees, but they're expensive and I wanted to have a better chance of survival. So I said I'm going to do this with a small number of employees and so I think we started out with two or three employees tops and have always kept it fairly lean. Uh our competitor ended up going out of business because quite frankly they just couldn't survive with the the cost structure. So streamline in terms of efficient operation and then streamline in terms of design. I've always been a believer uh Steve Jobs always talks about this or, or talked about this and that is that I've been a believer that aesthetics in design make a big difference when you're dealing with consumers of any kind. You want something that is top-tier design. You want to go a little further than everybody else does in terms of making things look nice. And, of course, they have to be designs that appeal to people.
1: And with uh, Streamline and with Radio Inc., I uh, noted that you are responsible for the annual list of the 40 most powerful people in radio, and uh several other lists maybe you can share a little bit about that with our with
2: me well we um i'll tell you the story <laughs> and i guess it's okay to make it public and that is that uh we had a really lousy issue we were publishing uh, pretty much every other week and uh the july early week first week of july issue was always our worst issue our lowest billing issue and I you know was thinking about closing that issue down and simply not publishing it. Manncena came up with this idea of doing the list of the forty most powerful people in radio. And it instantly became our top selling issue of the year. And so that's where mindset really comes in is you, you know, you look for an alternative. You look for something that, you know, maybe nobody else has tried yet. So we do this annual list. We've been doing it for many, many years. We do a big conference associated with it. And, and essentially it's just a way to document things. We also are doing lists for uh, other categories like top limited broadcasting, uh, top General managers, top program directors, and things of that nature.
1: And you also have a list uh, for uh, top women. Yes, and I understand, I, I understand that's led to a, uh, some kind of an organization for mentoring and inspiring women
2: yeah well, we were very early on uh, and when I first started the magazine, I realized that there were a lot of women having a lot of problems of uh, salespeople were being sexually abused and so on by their clients. and so we started early on doing uh, training for women and then awards for women. We've been doing it now for thirty years, and yes, there's a mentoring group now that is a result of this uh, women's list that we created. and so there are young women who are mentored by some of the great women in the radio industry
1: and Speaking of mentors, during this period, the, when you were launching the Radio Inc. and everything, who were some of the key people? I guess going back even into your childhood, uh, I just want to bring it up to uh, the time when you got involved with uh, art. But who were some of the key mentors for you, and uh, what what did they uh, what did you learn from them?
2: Well, my dad was a great mentor and still is at 91 years old. Um, He was an entrepreneur, so I grew up in an entrepreneurial household, so I didn't have the the built-in fear. I would see him launch companies, and it just seemed like a natural thing for me. So he's been always a great mentor and continues to be, always gives me lots of great ideas. Some of the best ideas I've ever had came from him. And uh, also, there was a fellow by the name of Dwight Case. Uh, Dwight had been with one of my competitors, embraced me very early on when I started the, the magazine. And I he taught me how to go out and sell and, and taught me the essentials of selling, even though I had done some selling. I, nobody ever taught me how to sell like he did. And, and he taught me how to do a lot of coverage and a cocktail party fast, how to make sure you meet everybody in the room or everybody in the exhibit hall. And and uh, to leave an impact uh, when, you, when you meet with people.
1: And do you have any secrets on uh, when you're going to the cocktail party uh-huh. and how you were selling and meeting people? Yeah, don't drink.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, uh, my job when I go to a cocktail party is to meet and greet as many people as possible. So I, I basically try to introduce myself, um, ask them a little bit about themselves, try to... Um, have a brief conversation, you know, five minutes or so, and then move on into the next person and see how many people that I can talk to in that night.
1: So you were building relationships.
2: Absolutely, and then I always follow up with everybody I ever meet.
1: That's great advice. Well, listen, we're coming up on a break. Uh, When we come back, we're gonna be talking again with Eric Rhodes, a serial entrepreneur who has created one of the fastest growing companies in the United States, and we will talk about giving and taking.
3: Hi, I'm the executive producer of the Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. I rely on science-backed, high-quality, bulletproof collagen protein and other bulletproof products. My sister told me about it. At feelgreat.vip, you can learn the health journey of Bulletproof founder Dave Asprey. Find out what sets these products apart from the rest. Nothing can replace the advice of your medical doctor, but good nutrition can absolutely enhance your mood, energy, and focus like it did for me. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than 1 million fans, 1 million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person feelgreat.vip to learn more.
4: Better life, better business. Hi, I'm Christoph Naur. I'm a certified business and life coach, helping business owners increase productivity, profits, and improve personal life. I'm the founder of Balance Six. Money, health, relationship, time management, self-improvement, and higher power. I coach business owners to work smarter, not longer, to have time for better personal life. I hold you accountable for making time available to balance six, to nurture yourself and your relationships and making more money with less stress. Get off the hamster wheel and I will show you the secrets to real success. In case you're wondering about my accent, I came from Switzerland more than 30 years ago, but I assure you my coaching will be in excellent English. Visit our website at balance6.biz. That's balance6.biz.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge
1: your thinking about life and business. Tom Laurie with The Mentors, and we're with Eric Rhodes, who's the chairman of Streamline Publishing, and about building one of the most successful, fastest-growing companies in the United States today. We love your feedback and questions. Call us anytime, 24-7 at 844-610-8255. 844-610-TALK. Like us on Facebook at The Mentors Radio. You'll find all of our show notes with free links and giveaways at our website. Again, that's TheMentorsRadio.com. Eric, coming back uh, to your career in the radio business Uh, I noticed also that you have been inducted into the broadcast Pioneers, and you've authored two books, Blast from the Past, A Pictorial History of Radio's First 75 Years, and Radio the Forgotten Medium. Could you talk a little bit about Radio the Forgotten Medium?
2: Well, Radio the Forgotten Medium, I authored a chapter in that book. I didn't author the the entire book. Um, uh, Blast from the Past, Radio's First 75 Years was uh... i was contacted by a major publisher who wanted to celebrate the seventy five years of radio and uh... that was in nineteen ninety five maybe and so uh... they got me all excited about it and then they backed out at the last minute because they decided they didn't have time to do it so i quickly learned how to get into the publishing business uh... for books and um uh, Wrote a book, um, did some very early stage Mac work. I took a scanner and a, a power book had never been done before around to archives all around the world and uh, scanned photos. Today you would never get away with it because now they understand what they have. But at the time, everybody let me scan them, and, and uh, so I have about 1,000 photos in the book that had never been published before from the history of radio. So it was kind of fun.
1: Is that still available?
2: Uh, yeah, you can find it on Amazon and on eBay. There's a few copies floating around out there.
1: Now, when I first met you, and I I think it's maybe 10 years ago or more. Uh, more. <laughs> more. Uh, and we met in an art class, and we That's were right. both uh, painting. Uh, and I was a novice. You were a little further along, and I learned Not all much. about you. Pardon? Not much. (laughs) (laughs) And, well, you've gone a lot further than I have with this. But as I recall, you were going through a transition period in your life. Uh, Could you talk about what happened and what you did? Because it's clear you learned how to reinvent yourself. And I think there may be some lessons in there for all of us.
2: Well, I had come out to San Francisco uh, and raised a bunch of money with venture capital and started a company called Radio Central which was one of the early-stage Internet radio companies and, um, of course, built a company, developed some new technology, um, got some scale, and it was actually becoming very successful. The company was the second-largest consumer of streaming uh, in America at the time. I think Yahoo was number one, and our success is actually what killed us because we were um, – earning more than a million dollars a month in streaming fees and my board of directors essentially fired me and shut me down for my success because we just couldn't raise any more money. It was right after 2011 and, and, and uh, the towers went down and we just couldn't couldn't get any more money but um, from that I kind of decided what I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do and what I wanted my life to, to look like and so I essentially went through a reinvention of what what I was going to do, and it starts. I think the most important thing a person can do is to start by what they don't want to do. I told myself I don't want to spend my life on an airplane. My wife had become pregnant with triplets. I wanted to be home for those triplets. I decided I wanted to work from home, and so I, I started with okay. I don't want to work for anybody else. I don't want to work for venture capital. I don't want to work for private equity people. I don't want a board of directors who's beating on me. These were good people. I'm not suggesting they weren't. It just wasn't for me, and so I. Defining what I didn't want to do, it really helped me define what I really wanted my life to look like. So I invented my life. I sat down and I said, okay, what what would the ideal life look like? And it was a certain amount of recreation, a certain amount of travel, a certain amount of uh, working from home, a certain amount of different things. And so I worked really hard to get into a position where I could do that. For instance, uh, my dad has a place on a lake in upstate New York. I love spending time there. But when I was working in this other environment, I never got to go there because it was was paradise. But I just couldn't get there because I was working too hard. So I said, all right, I'm going to figure out a way to work from there for three months a year. And when my kids or out of school, I'm going to be able to be there all summer long. I'll still work, but I'll work from there. This was kind of before the Internet really was catching hold too much. And so I was able to uh, work on that for three or four years and and figure out a way to do it and get my business into a position where it could operate so I could be operating remotely, essentially. And that's uh, essentially the beginning of how I reinvented myself.
1: This is Tom Laurie. this is The Mentors, and we're with Eric Rhodes today, talking with him about how he created one of the fastest growing young companies in the United States. So you reinvented yourself, did you just go to a quiet place, did you write things down? I mean, did you have somebody mentoring you?
2: Well, I've gone through um, a number of stages of reinvention. I I think my most recent one is probably what you're referring to, and that is that I I essentially had celebrated the 20-year anniversary of Radio Inc., and it was kind of a kick in the gut because I actually looked at myself and I said, wait a minute, I'm not further ahead than I was. I had no, no more money in the bank than when I started. I had a lot more experience, but I had basically one year of experience 20 times. And so uh, I, I said, I've got to do something different. You know, it's that old definition of insanity, doing the same things over again and expecting different results. And so I, I started attending uh, lots of other events. I started out with an event called Entre Leadership with Dave Ramsey, the radio talk show host. I started going to uh, direct marketing summits and things that were not in my industry, things that were completely outside of my comfort zone, so that I was learning about other things. And uh, after one or two of those meetings, I came back, and I, I redefined the company. I said, this is what we're going to be, and I have to invest heavily in these areas. And it was really tough because, you know, I told this to my people. They're like, we don't have the money. How are we going to afford these people? And... And I just said, well, we're just going to have to figure out a way, and we did. And uh, so we hired some people in new categories, especially in the the digital categories. And uh, we completely reinvented, and the the company completely changed. It's on fire in the last five years. It's just completely been different than it has the first 20 years.
1: And as part of your pivot, I think you came to the conclusion that there's something better than golf. That's hard to believe, but uh, I, I think you're quoted. Who needs golf?
2: <laughs> well, you know, you and I met in a painting class, and, and <laughs> the reason I loved painting was because painting would strip away the stress instantly. I I could come home after a very stressful day and go into my little back bedroom and and uh, start painting, and that stress would be melted away in five minutes. It just immediately goes away. So I started going outdoors to paint. When my wife got pregnant, she didn't want the smell of the paint in the house. I started going outdoors, and uh, there's a whole movement uh, surrounding this outdoor painting movement, which we call the new golf, and um, it's called plein air painting. Some people say uh, uh, plein air. Uh, Plain uh, plain Air, but the idea is uh, it's kind of what Monet did. They went outside and painted, and now there are tens of thousands of people going outside because they're not, not necessarily athletic, but they want to be outdoors. They want to get their creative side out, and so they're Plain Air Painting. And so that's what I started doing, and I liked it so much I started a magazine.
1: Great stuff, and we're going to come back after the break, and we're going to talk about Plain Air Painting and how Eric took something that was a hobby and created a movement, not only in the United States, but across the globe.
5: A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For Maguire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as Maguire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? Multi-award-winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at OathBook.org. That's OathBook.org, OathBook.org.
6: Here at Mentors Radio, we've been working hard to help you succeed in every way possible. That's why we're proud to let you know about our newest find, BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com links you to a credit processing company, cornerstone payment systems that truly shares your ethical values and that can give you lower rates immediately. They don't just say it, they prove it to you. Their commitment to ethical behavior is rock solid. For example, unlike most other credit processing companies, something you may not have known before, cornerstone refuses to process any porn related business. They're not newbies either. The company we recommend has more than 50 years experience and provides 24-7 in-house support. See what they can do for you today. Go to BetterCreditDeal.com. That's BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com.
0: And now, back to The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.
1: If you tuned in late, you can listen to the show on iTunes or podcast. You can go to our website, thementorsradio.com, to subscribe. And you can call us 24-7 at 844-610-TALK, 844-610-TALK particularly if you have any questions for or comments about the show with our guest today, Eric Rhodes, who is the founder of Streamline Inc., which Streamline is... A,
2: Publishing Inc.
1: Streamline Publishing Inc. I'm sure there's a trademark on that, so <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and uh, and uh, his pivot, not complete pivot because he's still in the radio world, but he pivoted with reinventing the company by focusing on painting. And tell us about, you started with one publication, then you added the second, and you had some trouble with the second one, but you reverted back to it. And tell us about the explosion that's occurred uh, since you went down this path with Plain Air Magazine.
2: Well, if I can just step in and say that I was a little bit concerned about the state of the radio broadcasting industry because the FCC had passed what they call the Telecom Act, and that meant that there were going to be um, radio stations consolidating one owner owning more stations, and I looked at that and said, maybe that's going to hurt my subscription business, and maybe that's going to hurt the advertising business, and so I thought I probably ought to start some other publications, uh, <clears throat> because I started Plan air painting and I realized that it, it felt to me like it was something that a lot of people would be into. I started a magazine uh, called plein air magazine and <clears throat> essentially um, started it up and um, launched it, had a, a lot of subscribers, but I couldn't make it work. I couldn't sell any advertising. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, um, the advertisers said, you know, it was too narrow of a category. Nobody paints plein air painting and the uh, galleries would say, nobody buys plein air paintings. And, um, and there just was nobody to advertise the art materials. People said it's just, you know, it's too narrow of a category. So I tried, and I kept it going for quite a while, I think two or three years. And then I thought, well, you know, I, I just can't seem to make any money with it. So I changed, I closed Plein Air, and I changed the name of it and, and created a magazine called Fine Art Connoisseur because I needed something broader that was going to have a little broader advertising appeal. And the change worked, but I was really disheartened by the fact that I kind of had shut down something that I loved really a lot. And of course, got a lot of nasty letters and a lot of angry people who were upset that I had taken it away, but the economics weren't there. So I just kept an eye on it. And over the course of a few years, I would hear from people, and I started hearing from more and more people, bring it back. So I finally decided that if I could if i could get just 10,000 subscribers it would be enough to at least support the magazine even if i never saw another advertising dollar because i was so passionate about the category so i brought it back and it was kind of like bringing back you know classic coca-cola and and uh everybody just embraced it the timing was right uh the plein air movement started blossoming and booming and as a result uh, the magazine now is, is a top seller, uh, number one selling uh, representational art magazine at Barnes & Noble nationally. And um, so it's it's just a big, big difference from what it was. And, you know, it was all about timing.
1: It is, but also it's about generosity. Yeah. And there's oh. a lesson you learned, and let's talk a little bit about generosity and what you learned along the way about giving.
2: Well, I kind of grew up in a you know a typical business family, and uh, back in the old days of business, there was a lot of a lot of take and not a lot of give, not so much with my own family but my you know people I knew and and I had kind of started out in that direction and when I went to dave ramsey 's entrepreneur uh, entre leadership conference, the uh, one thing stuck out: Dave said, "You need to operate with a spirit of generosity and and he said, "You need to give more than you take." And it it just felt like finally I found my own skin. This is what I've been trying to define my whole life, but I never really figured it out. And so I came back and I said to the staff, we're going to change the way we do things. We're going to give more when people buy advertising. We're going to give them more than they expect. We're going to do more for them. We're going to, you know, we're we're not going to tell them we're doing it. We're just going to do it. And I said, we're also going to start giving – Fairly high percentage of our, our profits uh, to uh, homelessness because that was something that I was really into. I didn't want to see homelessness. And so, uh, and I thought appropriate because plein air is outdoors and homelessness is outdoors. And so we give a high percentage of our profits to homelessness and, and we changed our spirit of generosity. And we also started. Uh, a basically an employee profit-sharing plan uh, where essentially uh, all the employees get some benefit from the growth of the company. And those three things really flicked the switch. Those are the things that made the company soar. And suddenly the business just started amplifying itself over and over and over again, just growing at very rapid rates. I was telling some folks earlier uh, in a meeting this morning that uh, in – the month of February, or at the end of the month of February for 2017, we had, we had hit our annual budget, and by the end of the year, we ended up 64% above our
1: budget. Oh, gosh, what a great story. Uh, this is a reminder. This is Tom Laurie, The Mentors. We're with Eric Rhodes, who's the chairman of Streamline Publishing, one of the fastest growing companies in the United States. Now, I have followed the, obviously, because I did meet you in a painting class, and I was an early subscriber to Gen 1 of Plain Air. Uh, there's no question in my mind, uh, your timing was right, but you also, or your magazine, you, uh, had a lot to do with the what's going on with Plain Air, and it's become a real movement, hasn't it?
2: Well, I, I would yes, it's become a huge movement. I, like I uh, alluded to, it's like the new golf, right? A lot of people are doing it. And... It's just perfect uh, for a lot of people because it's you know gives them the chance to be creative. They get to be outdoors. They're getting to be social because they're around other people. Others they get to travel. There's a lot of aspects. And so what we did is we just created a lot of things for people that we thought they would want to do. So we created painting trips. We paint, uh, created collector trips. We uh, we do a convention of artists uh, where they all get together and they learn together, they paint together. Uh, so we, we've we just kind of amplified the movement by, uh, we certainly didn't create the movement, but we we have certainly helped um, help the, the people in the movement have things to do that are fun for them.
1: And we'll provide some links with Eric's help uh, on our website that you can go to after the show. Uh, to look at things like the art marketing boot camp video, the trips that they offer uh, and other, uh, what is it? Outdoorpainter.com. There's a number of places you can go. But one of the things that's uh, for me personally, from a organizational standpoint and watching ventures over many years, what you've done, if you think about it, plein air painting is the horizontal. It's the, it's like the chip in the, in the, in the world of tech and out of the chip, have come other applications of the chip, and you've taken plain air into a number of other areas like travel and the conventions and everything else. And it's a very, very important concept, I think. Uh, and I don't know if you did it intentionally, or typically these things are kind of organically, you see an opportunity to move with it. But for people interested in growing business, this is a fascinating um, uh, uh, case study of growing a business. There's a venture firm here in the Bay Area called Vertical Ventures, and they look for horizontals where they can learn the horizontal and then drill down and do a lot of applications. In, and you're really following that format.
2: Well, it's about how you slice the pig.
1: As <laughs> well, you've got any and more?
2: What I mean by that is the, you know, the butchers will tell you that they use every bit of the pig. They've re- and so you know they use the tail, they use the snout, they use the head, they use the bones, they use the meat, and so what you have is a lot of um, resources. You know, we try to repurpose everything into different areas. So we'll take articles, we'll repurpose them into books or videos or products, you know, things of that nature. That's really where we go deeply, horizontally.
1: Well, it's been fascinating to watch you grow the company. Uh, when we come back after the break, we're going to continue our interview with Eric Rhodes, the chairman of Streamline Publishing.
7: Hey, professional business women! I know how busy your life is. To look your best, nails matter. The good news is I can save you a lot of nasty, chemical-smelling nail salon time. Just imagine, a perfect manicure in just minutes, at home, even while watching TV. No dry time, no smudges, no streaks, and your new manicure will last up to 10 days, often longer. I'm talking about 100% real nail polish. Yes, real nail polish, including top and base coat, all in one, that can gently be stretched for a perfect custom fit. Gorgeous, vibrant colors, soft pastels, gentle glitter, or can't-miss designs and nail art. You have options. For about $12 a set, you can even get some free. Choose your colors or designs. Receive them in about three days. Done. Everything you need is included. Polish easily removes and does not damage nails. Check it out. Nails4me.com. Nails, the number four, M-E dot com. That's Nails4me.com.
3: Hi, I'm the executive producer of the Mentors Radio Show. Usually I'm behind the scenes, but I want to tell you about something special. If you're an entrepreneur like me, you need steady energy and focus. Here's my secret. The demands of business, not to mention important time with family and friends, make steady energy so important. With more than one million fans, one million fans, I'm not alone in recommending Bulletproof. Go to feelgreat.vip. That's VIP, like very special person. feelgreat.vip to learn more.
0: And now... Back to the Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and
1: business. This is Tom Laurie. We're with Eric Rhodes, the chairman of Streamline Publishing. If you've missed part of the show, we're talking about giving and taking in success in business and in your career. You can listen to the show on our at our website, thementorsradio.com. You'll find all of our shows and all of our show notes with free links and giveaways at TheMentorsRadio.com. You can also call us and leave a question for me or for my guest anytime, 24 seven at 844-610-TALK, 844-610-TALK. Back to Eric. So I read that you're one of the most painted individuals in the country.
2: Uh, in the world, I guess that's what they tell me.
1: <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. that. I, I think, and I've seen a number of them, and it's, it's really quite interesting to see how uh, people paint you in different ways.
2: Well, I, uh, I love portraiture. My mom painted my portrait when I was a young boy, and I, I think I fell in love with my own image at that time. So. When when I first started um, the magazine, I thought, well, wouldn't it be cool if um, I had somebody paint my portrait rather than putting my picture in the magazine for my column? And so I went to this portrait guy, and he did it. And uh, then after that, people started calling, and so I've been painted by um, dozens of the top uh, portrait painters and some of the top artists in the world. Literally, some of the you know, I've, I've been painted by people who sell their they're portraits for eighty, hundred, two hundred thousand dollars $200,000. And um, so it's been really kind of fun to get to know them as, as an artist. Um, I get to talk to them for hours on end while they're painting me. I don't get to do it as much anymore because time is a little tougher to get. But, um, you know, I sit for one, at least one a year. I just sat for one for a top artist in St. Petersburg, Russia.
1: And as I recall, you've also had a number of trips to St. Petersburg, uh, Russia, for those that would like to explore the famous museum there.
2: Well, for, for Fine Art Connoisseur Magazine, we take a group every year to some place exotic, and we uh, we have a lot of connections in the art world, of course. So, for instance, when we went to the Hermitage on our first trip, and again uh, last fall on the second trip, they uh, we got in there when they were closed. Uh, we had the whole place to ourselves, which was pretty amazing. And so, we take people behind the scenes. We've gone to the homes of artists, the families of deceased artists, and. And, uh, you know, we go to a lot of really interesting places and see the world from a different perspective. If, if you love art, that's kind of a fun thing to do, and it's been fun for me to, to lead the group.
1: And to remind everybody, tell us a little bit more, what is plein air painting? Let's talk about it in a more uh, visual way and what it really means when you're a plein air painter versus somebody a that which. Sh- a
2: painter. A yeah. studio painter is someone who paints indoors or maybe in their studio or in their back bedroom like I used to do. And a plein air painter is somebody who basically takes the easel outside and paints outside. It's a, it's a great experience because you can see uh, light and color better. It's better than a photograph, which, of course, doesn't tell you the real accurate color and, and shadow and shape and so on. And uh, it's, it's fun. It's, um, I love doing it. I still do it a lot. I usually carry paints with me when I travel. And if I get a, a little break, I'm, I'm sitting in a hotel room in Miami right now and I'm tempted to, you know, go out on the balcony and paint the ocean. So it's, it's fun, and, and these are wonderful memories. I have paintings all over my house, and uh, they're paintings that I've done on trips around the world, and, and it's just so much nicer to have than, than just a photograph.
1: And you uh, indicated that you have a goal of starting a plein air museum someday?
2: Yeah, I actually have two museums that I want to start. I've got to, I've got to find the money. And um, uh, nobody's really ever built a museum of plein air painting. There are some museums that feature plein air painting, but this movement is the largest art movement in the history of art. Uh, there are more people involved in this movement than anything that's ever been done. And I want to categorize that and, and turn it into a museum. Uh, I want to put it into a major city. I've had uh, somebody already offer to donate land and build a building for me, uh, but it's not in a major city, and I, I want it to have traffic because if it doesn't have traffic, it won't
1: survive. Uh, this is Tom Laura. I'm with Eric Rhodes, the chairman of Streamline Publishing, which publishes Plain Air Magazine and the Fine Art Connoisseur. Um, how have the – you? you the, the, the uh, convention that you have every year, which brings people together and they paint together and everything, and there's a great social aspect to this as well, um, how have the demographics changed in recent years?
2: Well, I have, you know, the demographics of plein air painting are changing a lot. It started out when I first started doing it was a lot of older people, a lot of retirees, and there's still a lot because they have time. Uh, oftentimes they have money. They can travel. Uh, but we're seeing a lot of younger people. I, I do a podcast called the plein air podcast, and because of that, um, it's really spreading. The podcast has, you know, got tens of thousands of people listening to it, and and it has, um a lot of younger people that are showing up at our conferences who want to learn about this thing plein air painting, but also a lot of older people, and and so uh... we had uh, probably at least a hundred people showed up at the last conference. Conference is about a thousand painters. It's really a blast. We bring in the top about top 70 or 80 artists in the world to teach on stage. We have four different stages. And then um, we all go out together and paint. So imagine we're all going to be in Santa Fe, New Mexico in April, and we're all going to be outside in the same places painting. It's like a sea of painters. It's really a lot of fun.
1: And can give me some idea of scale when you're talking about how large the movement has become?
2: I think it's a, probably a couple hundred thousand people.
1: That's great. And... Um... You also are going to do some – you mentioned something about documenting this important time in or an important time in history with videos or
2: something uh,
1: along those lines.
2: Well, we're doing uh, – we, we believe that the great artists of our day need to be documented. If only we had video of Monet explaining his painting technique. There is some video of Monet, but not much. And so we are uh we've created a series of instructional art videos that are kind of mini documentaries and we have hundreds of them that we've done of the top artists of our day who are essentially teaching people how they paint and their and their techniques. And so we're documenting it in that way. We're also creating some documentaries and we're also working on the possibility of a, a national television show.
1: And the last topic for this segment, uh Michael Gerber's book, Emeth, apparently, was uh, something that you read along the way, and it was pretty profound. Maybe you could share a little bit about what that book is about and why it was so important.
2: Well, it was important for me because it was kind of like turning on the lights. You know, I was a craftsman who uh, went into business and I suddenly lost my craft. I became a manager. I was managing people and managing money and managing process, and and it wasn't nearly as much fun as it had when I was a craftsman. So it, it kind of turned on the light for me that said, you know, you need to find somebody to fill in those voids for you so that you can get back to the things that you love. So I hired a great COO and great financial people, and I surround myself with really great people who um, can do the things that they love and I'm able to do the things that I love, which is marketing. I love marketing and I love the craft of being involved and taking people on trips and groups and things of that nature. You're a
1: terrific marketer. When we come back, we're gonna be talking with Eric Rhodes, the chairman of Streamline Publishing, about masterminds and a group of mentors that he has in his life.
4: Better life, better business. Hi, I'm Christoph Naur. I'm a certified business and life coach, helping business owners increase productivity, profits, and improve personal life. I'm the founder of Balance Six, money, health, relationship, time management, self-improvement, and higher power. I coach business owners to work smarter, not longer, to have time for better personal life. I hold you accountable for making time available to balance six, to nurture yourself and your relationships and making more money with less stress. Get off the hamster wheel and I will show you the secrets to real success. In case you're wondering about my accent, I came from Switzerland more than 30 years ago, but I assure you my coaching will be in excellent English. Visit our website at balance6.biz. That's balance6.biz.
5: A lifetime ago, young naval aviator Tom McGuire took the oath of allegiance to support and defend the U.S. Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Now a San Francisco PD homicide inspector, McGuire hadn't thought about the oath in years, but that was all about to change. A famous local newspaper columnist had been murdered. For Maguire, there's an eerie chill of recognition about it, hearkening back to his days as a prisoner of war after being shot down in North Vietnam. A lifetime ago, another young naval pilot took that same oath. Also shot down in battle, he too spent time as a POW, same camp as Maguire. After 30 years, their lives were about to cross once again. But how and why after all these years? multi-award winning mystery author Dennis Kohler's The Oath can be found online or for an autographed copy at OathBook.org That's OathBook.org OathBook.org
6: Here at Mentors Radio we've been working hard to help you succeed in every way possible That's why we're proud to let you know about our newest find BetterCreditDeal.com BetterCreditDeal.com links you to a credit processing company cornerstone payment systems that truly shares your ethical values and that can give you lower rates immediately. They don't just say it, they prove it to you. Their commitment to ethical behavior is rock solid. For example, unlike most other credit processing companies, something you may not have known before, cornerstone refuses to process any porn related business. They're not newbies either. The company we recommend has more than 50 years' experience and provides 24 7 in house support. See what they can do for you today. Go to BetterCreditDeal.com. That's BetterCreditDeal.com. BetterCreditDeal.com.
0: And now, back to the mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge
1: your thinking about life and business. I'm Laurie with The Mentors, and we're with Eric Rhodes, who has built one of the fastest-growing companies in the United States. Eric, one of the things that you've been doing recently, maybe in the last year or so, is the Sunday morning coffee. Maybe you could share with us what that's all about, and and we will post that on the website as well so people can sign up for it.
2: You well, know, it's essentially, you know, everything I do tends to be all business. And I had written something that I shared with a friend of mine, and he said, you know, your, your readers need to see this kind of thing, too, because I was talking about philosophy on life or something. I don't remember what it was, but um, so I started this blog called uh, Sunday Coffee with Eric Rhodes, and essentially um, I just kind of pontificate about life, about ideas, about business, about ethics about, um, you know, a lot of it's about art too, but it's, it's more about what's on my heart, not so much what's in my marketing and my business and so on. And it's just a way to share kind of what I'm thinking about. And sometimes it's just something I see an observation somewhere that, that I want to point out something that I learned from it. So that's essentially what that's all about.
1: Now you're in Miami. Why are you there?
2: I'm here for a mastermind group. I I, uh, learned a really important lesson in business, and that is that uh, it says in the Bible there's wisdom in multiple counselors. And, you know, we entrepreneurs are kind of loners. We don't have anybody to talk to. Our employees don't always understand us. And so um, I had joined a mastermind group, and I started seeing some growth in my business. A mastermind group is essentially uh, usually there's a leader, and then there's people who have businesses different kinds of businesses and you share ideas and and they get together and use their brains to help you it's a one mind right master mind they help you so this morning for instance i was in this group and uh... i said okay here's a big problem i want to solve or a big opportunity i want to tap how do i do it and they'll for 20, 30, 40 minutes, they'll just say, okay, here's here's ideas. And so you've got 50 different people throwing ideas out for you. And we do this for everybody. So the one I'm in now is called the Titans Mastermind. It's some of the greatest direct marketing people in the world. And it's a great chance to uh, create a brotherhood of, of people, brotherhood and sisterhood of people who we have uh, a lot of differing interests, but we learn from one another and we help one another. And, and so... We meet uh, three times a year, and then we meet once a, a month on the phone.
1: Sounds very interesting.
2: Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, great break, too. Miami isn't bad this time of the year, either. <laughs> Not so bad. <laughs> uh, what, what is the uh, one thing that you would share with people, uh, going, the one most important thing that you could share with people? Uh, from what you've learned in your life?
2: Oh, man. I, I, you know, how do you narrow that down to one thing? Uh, prayer, I guess. Um, I had an instance one time, I, you know, I wasn't really sure. I, you know, I've always been a, a believer, but I, wasn't, I had some doubts at one time. And this guy came to work for me. I think he was an angel that came in and just he stayed for a very short period of time. And he said to me, if you have a need, ask for the exact need down to the penny if it happens to be financial. And I got into trouble and I had a financial problem and I couldn't meet payroll. And I got on my knees and I prayed for the exact amount and I I kind of thought, gee, this is silly. And then all of a sudden, two days later, a FedEx arrived and it said, we hope we don't mind. We want to prepay the year following year's advertising. And they sent me a check. And it was that exact amount down to the penny. If anything turns you into a full believer, that would do it.
1: Ah, That's right. And last question. Who are the happiest people that you've met along the way?
2: I think the happiest people are the people who are doing what they love. You know, don't spend time doing, Don't. it's not about chasing money. Um, may, money is a byproduct of being happy. And it, if you're happy and you're not making money, you're golden. If you're um, unhappy and you're making money, you're in a bad place. You want to try to find a way to be happy, and if you're making money at the same time, that's great. But it's all about being happy. Do what you love. Don't do what you don't love. Don't spend another minute of your life doing what you don't love.
1: Wow, it's hard to believe we're just about out of time. Thanks, Eric. Uh, This is Eric Rhodes, who we've been talking to for the last hour, founder of Streamline and chairman of Streamline Publishing. You've been listening to The Mentors. This is Tom Laurie. Thank you for joining us. Join us next week and at this time for the next edition of The Mentors. You can listen to us on TheMentorsRadio.com. Until next week, on behalf of John Phillips, I am Tom Laurie, urging you to be all you can be and to keep the candle lit for those who struggle in darkness.
0: It's been The Mentors, where remarkable CEOs challenge your thinking about life and business.